What's going on? It's time for another episode of Too Hard for the Radio. Transmitting from the future free state of greater Idaho, I am the one-armed madman. And with me from the badlands of southern Montana, it's Nolan5150. What's up, man? How was your Christmas? Oh, it was pretty good. Hung out with uh, pretty much uh, my girl and her family. Uh, My parents were kind of sick. They were supposed to come over for dinner, but... Bailed. Yeah, well, that sucks. Yeah, I, um, I've been, uh, I've been dealing with. So my buddy DJ bought a bought a bike for his kid for Christmas, and we went in and we looked at this little KTM fifty. Looked like a badass little bike, and right the day before we were going to look at it, uh, the guy texts him and he goes, "Hey, look, I just went out and I was going over the bike, and it looks like the the gear on the Kickstarter's ground down, and you got to replace them and." He goes, you know, I, I just noticed if you lean the bike on an angle, it'll kick no problem. But if you're a straight up and down, so I look into it and I look up and I'm like, okay, this is a problem. It's easy to fix. You just pull the case, the side case off and there's a couple gears in there. It's not bad. So we get it over here in my house and we pull it apart in the living room and uh, we get through it. We do the whole deal. We put it back together and we go to kick it, and the fucking thing didn't go right. We're like, Damn it, we got to take this fucking thing back apart again. <laughs> so we take it back apart, and we pull off this little... So the Kickstarter shaft goes into this little nub. It's just like a little nub that sticks out from the case. It's probably like a quarter inch. And uh, it's just got a little, you know, like donut hole in it. So the gear slips into that, and then it connects to the the clutch and everything else. So we pull that out the second time to make sure we're doing it right. And we look and the fucking case is split right Uh in that spot where it goes in. It's got like a big crack and then it goes down and it comes back up into another spot crack again. And we're like, oh, my God, what the fuck do we do? And, you know, like, what do you do in a situation like that? You just got the bike. So we put it back together. It's like, I don't think it's going to break right away. We'll, we'll put it back together. You can give it to your son and then we'll like figure out what to do. Cause this was yeah. on Saturday. So, you know, day before Christmas Eve, we're like, I don't know what to do. So we go over to my uh, grandfather's place for Christmas Eve and I'm like showing Brian and Bob and all, all these other people. And they're like, man, that's fucked. Like we were thinking maybe you can get it welded. You know, maybe somebody can just drop some weld in there, clean it up and it'd be all right. And Brian's like, nah, man, you got bearings back there behind it. And if you get that too hot, you're going to melt all your seals and you're basically just fucked. You need to buy new cases. And yeah. so like I'd, I'd already looked on on eBay and it was like 350 bucks for one. There was one set of case, used cases on eBay. It's like 350 bucks. And it's like, man, you don't even know what you're getting with that. It could be fucking anything, you know. Yeah. And so all of them, they're like, dude, try and give the fucking bike back. You know, just tell the guy, this is not what we bought. Like, we didn't buy a total bike. Like, this is bullshit. So the guy ended up taking the bike back, which was a fucking relief. Yeah, that's nice. Every, every once in a while, you know, there's still a little bit of little bit of honor out there, I guess. Like, I feel, I mean, I would do the same thing if I sold. I, I, whenever I sell a vehicle or, or a bike or whatever, I'm as honest as I can be and, you know, just tell it like it is but shit like that does happen yeah i mean some of my 125s that we sold 
we did not like lie and be like, oh, trail bike. It was, you know, just puttered around. It was like, no, these were race bikes. We beat the fucking shit out of them. Yeah. I put 30 pistons through this thing in a year and a half. Like this thing has been ridden and the price reflects that. Cause yeah, you don't <laughs> want to like, you, I mean, I never bought used bikes like at that time anyway. So it wasn't have, like affected me a lot, but it's like, you don't want to have karma like that to go out yeah. and buy another used bike and then sell your bike. It's like, Oh man, it was just a nightmare, but at least the guy, the guy took it back. So we dodged oh, a bullet on that one. <laughs> yeah, big time. <laughs> so we've got some some news on the new Ducati bike. The picture's out. I'll fucking slide the picture in. I don't have it on my thing, and we're not running yet. I sent you the picture. What do you think so far? What do you, it looks like a dirt bike, huh? Yeah, yeah, it looks like a dirt bike. It. Uh, so, um, go ahead. I was going to say, you, you sent me something else. Is that the one that has um, some, like revolutionary engine or something like that well it's not a revolutionary engine it's i i was wondering if you knew anything about it so it's called a desmodromic head yeah that's it so so essentially it doesn't have i the first one that i looked at like i looked in originally and i i looked at some pictures and it looked like there was a third cam that kind of closed the valves but that's not what's going on it's it's a different setup but there's no fucking springs on the damn thing so essentially it just Open, close, open, close. So there's not going to be any floating at all. And it's going to be able to rev out a whole lot higher, which I think is interesting. I mean, it's it's going to be a weird thing to go from like a normal 450 into a bike that you're riding at like 12, 13,000 RPMs. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, people will figure it out. Uh, the, I, yeah. I'd feel like the two old two-stroke guys would be able to get their brains wrapped around that a little easier. You would think, right? Yeah. I I just watched another review of an of an electric bike, man, and people are just enamored with these fucking things. And it's like, well, you know, it only lasts twenty five minutes, but I've got a generator I can hook it up to. <laughs> Come on, yeah. Just get a real fucking bike. I mean, it's what did what did what are we thinking? It's like ten years, right, before the car manufacturers are going to have solid state batteries. So we're yeah. talking fifteen for dirt bikes, unless Honda, you know, says, "Hey, we're going to try the solid state on a dirt bike before we put it in cars." That's a possibility, but yeah. <clears throat> I mean, we're talking at least ten years of nothing you can really do about the battery. I mean, they might get a little bit better here and here, but we're talking like one, two percent. They're not going to get any like significant improvements for at least 10 years. So it's it's interesting. They might, you know, they're real popular now. They're new. This new bike's taken by storm. But there was a lot of hype around the Alta also. And you know what happened to them? They're fucking gone. (laughs) So, you know, maybe people just say, yeah, this fucking sucks. We don't like it. It's just a pain in the ass. Certain people are definitely going to use it. There's going to be niche situations where it's going to be useful. Um, the guy that I watched, he was like, this thing would be just unbeatable in Supermoto, which makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know, man. Maybe, you know, maybe there will be a little bit of fringe benefits. Uh, you know, maybe some riding areas would open up where, 
it's close to a neighborhood or something where, you know, I'm just, uh, maybe if it's a noise issue and they're like, oh, okay, well, we'll allow you to zip around on some, some e-bikes back here, but, but then yeah, they're going to have forest fires. <laughs> to me though, well, you're still going to have fucking generators running all throughout the pits. So it's not no. like that's going to fucking change anything. But to me, it's not about the noise, right? All the, all noise is an excuse to stop riding, period. Like, they just want to stop riding. They don't really care if you're doing it responsibly. You remember with four strokes, it was like, hey, we're going to get rid of these two strokes. They're loud. They pollute. They're nasty. We'll put these nice four strokes out there, and everybody will be nice and happy. But that just never happened. They went after them immediately. And, yeah. you know, I don't think there's a silver silver bullet for this. You know, electric bikes are going to still have issues with generators and Mm-hmm. I mean, there's already like you get a you get 150 motorhomes in the pits with generators running 24 seven. It's not like it's quiet, so yeah. <laughs> I don't think that's going to change much, right? Yeah, yeah. But we'll see. Hopefully, you know, I think uh, electric mountain bikes are already starting to get like regulated off of certain trails because you know they huh. cause erosion. They're moving dirt from one place to the other faster than nature. Oh my God, what a terrible crime. Yeah. <laughs> People are having a good time. Oof. Got to stop that, right? Yeah, that's what always well, cracks me up. It seems like those uh, environmental things always affect groups of people, like mountain bikers or whatever. Uh, same that thing they with hate. most trail riders. But but those, those are the people that usually, for the most part, love and respect the land that they're getting to explore and, and have fun on and for some reason those are the people that get targeted in for you, environmental but you know what else they do love respect the land hunt and vote republican so that's their real crime if they just <laughs> well, shut up and uh, okay, vote democrat okay, and yeah, and yeah. deal with it then everything would be okay but they can't you know of course like middle america respects nature a whole lot more than the cities do but those are dirty, disgusting people that you can't have in public society, you know? Yeah. So I don't... Undesirables. I don't yeah, exactly. Fucking disgusting. Ugh. Rednecks. Horrible, terrible people. All right. You ready to watch some videos? Yeah. Well, I guess for you, it's listen to some videos that sound really, really bad. If y'all had to hear what Nolan hears, you would give up on this. You'd be like, oh my God, what is that? Static TV? <laughs> Yeah, you'd understand the faces I make sometimes. When yeah, just like, what the fuck is he saying? <laughs> Which is also why sometimes I like to make you you comment first to see if you can hear anything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I'm listening really hard. <laughs> All right, well, this is kind of an old clip. Elon Musk was at some fucking thing this is where he uh told bob Iger, the ceo of disney to go fuck himself for pulling ads off of twitter so uh i thought this was hilarious here we go the approach to um some of the stuff you're doing with with ai has been very specific right there's not a let, let the chips fall where they may approach to those businesses i don't think no we focus on making the best products and and, and tesla's gotten to where it's gotten with no advertising at all I understand that. Tesla currently sells uh, two, twice as much uh, in terms of electric vehicles. 
as the rest of electric car makers in, in the United States combined. Tesla has done more to help the environment than uh, all other companies combined. It would be fair to say that, therefore, as a leader of the company, I've done more for the environment than everyone else, any single human on Earth. How do you feel about that? Great. Great. No, I feel about that? Yeah, no, I'm, I'm asking you personally how you feel about that because this goes. We're talking about power and influence, and I'm and saying I'm saying what I, what, what I care about is the the reality of goodness, not the perception of it. And what I see all over the place is people who care about looking good while doing evil. Fuck them. Okay. I wonder where he gets the lithium for his batteries. I wonder if those people feel like he's doing good or evil when their children are like <sighs> feet are bleeding and they're sick from fucking lithium poisoning or some shit like that. They go, hey, you know what? Elon Musk's a good guy. He's a real, yeah. he doesn't care about looking good. He actually does good. Yeah, right. Come on. Give me a break, Elon. I, I've done more for the environment than any single person in, in history. Yeah. Like, dude, your fucking cars run on coal. <laughs> we all know they run on coal. Like, if you live in D.C., Virginia, most of the East Coast, your Tesla runs on coal. It was really crazy. I tried to figure out, like, this is when you know the Internet is fucked up. Because usually you can find all sorts of random data. Like, somebody's been compiling it somewhere. And I just, simple search. What do most like uh, Teslas run off of? What what generation source do they run off of mostly? And they're just, and everything's just like, well, you know, <laughs> they're they're better than gas cars, and nothing like there's no actual breakdown. And you would think it would be easy to be like, all right, this city runs on this, this city runs on that. These are the main cities where we sell most of our vehicles. You know, between these yeah. eight, ten, twelve cities, we sell eighty percent of our vehicles, and between these cities. The energy mix is, you know, 60% gas, 20% coal, you know, and then and then another 10% renewables and another 10% of random other shit. Yeah. Yeah. That would that you would think that would be an easy breakdown, right? But they don't want you to see that it's mostly gas and coal and not you know, the other 10% would be nuclear, essentially, because there's oh, yeah. just a little bit of nuclear in this country now. Yeah, but you, you know. You think Chat GBT could uh, get that real quick? <laughs> That's where I went to first, but they couldn't do it. And I even went to like energy calculators and everything. Oh man, let me see if I can find this picture real quick. It might take me a second, but ooh, it was good. No, not it. So I was going through and doing these carbon calculators. Yeah, here it is. Okay. This is from Dominion Energy. It says, compare CO2 emissions from gas and electric cars over a year of driving. So I put 5,000 miles because that's what I drive a year. Um, it says gas, 3,913 pounds of CO2 per year. EV, 880 pounds of CO2 per year. But wait a minute. All I did was put in how many miles I drove and what my estimated miles per gallon was. It didn't ask me where I live and what kind of energy source I'm on. So I go, wait a minute, this thing's fucking bullshit. So then down at the bottom, it says, star, disclaimer, this tool is only intended to provide an estimate of potential savings. Actual results may vary. 
customers may not realize similar energy savings or carbon emission reductions. Vehicle data is subject to change without notice. This is an estimated carbon emissions rate for the utility. Utility does not warrant or represent the data that the data is accurate. In no event shall the utility or its suppliers be liable for any special, indirect, or consequential damages or damages whatsoever, including but not limited to claims associated with the accuracy of this data or information. It literally says this data is not accurate. Don't sue us when you don't get as good a mileage as this says you're going to get. <laughs> Isn't that wild? Which tells me yeah. they have been sued because you know these people are like, oh, we're t you know, we went on to Tesla's website and it told us we we're going to save this much a year. And then they get their energy bill and they're like, wait a minute. I'm spending almost as much on energy now as I did on gasoline. What the fuck is going on here? And then they mm -hmm. go after whoever told them, you know, to go out and get an EV. But I don't know. Like, there's no way he's done. And he's forgetting a key thing. There is somebody who has done more for the environment than anybody in history. Here he is. Being a very real and present danger of a billion climate refugees crossing international borders to escape conditions that the scientists tell us are a becoming billion. physiologically unlivable. Physiologically and if unlivable. this uh, authoritarian Woo. populism is provoked by a few million climate refugees coming from the Eastern Mediterranean to Hungary and Orban land and whatever, uh, what about a billion, which is what the Lancet projects may be possible? So I honestly think that getting our collective act together our. in order to solve the climate crisis could be the engine that pulls solutions for <laughs> democracy and capitalism and the other, the extinction crisis. Because if we can reconstruct an ability to share uh, a common base of accepted knowledge and reason together towards solutions for our crises, I think that is the pathway to restoration of sanity. And when he says our, I think he really means your. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> because I'm the ambassador. So I don't need to get my act together. My job is to fly around and get you to get your act together. Uh, what a sick fuck. You know, he's just like, oh, look, all these middle America scumbags are all scared of immigrants. Let me go on TV and scream about how much they're going to be flooded with immigrants if they don't buy a Tesla and see if that works. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how anybody can listen to anything that guy says and take, take a single word serious. And I argue, and I've argued this on the podcast before, but I'm going to repeat it again, that George Bush did far more for the environment than Al Gore ever could, would have. <laughs> George Bush came in he, because all of his buddies, you know, uh, Dick Cheney, they all, Raytheon and, and uh, Halliburton, all the oil money, you know. So they lo loosened regulations and fracking came about during the George Bush administration. And that reduced our carbon emissions 40% in just a couple of years because we were able to get rid of coal plants and put in natural gas plants. Yeah. Al Gore never would have let that happen. He would have yeah. done some stupid green energy bullshit. And we would have just kept burning coal until, mm -hmm. you know, somebody came in and was like, because fracking, like up until Bush got into office, that was 
just kind of a, a niche thing that they've been working on. But I think because of like companies like Halliburton, who does a lot of fracking, like where I was at in North Dakota, Halliburton's everywhere up there. They get these old school buses and they paint them white and they write Halliburton in red across them. It's kind of creepy. <laughs> and every once in a while, like when you're out on the big well sites, they, they get like the higher ups from corporate come out there and they're in their nice like clothes. You can tell they're in like, work clothes that they just bought at the gas mm -hmm. station when they got <laughs> off of the plane. They've like never been worn before and they've got all their, it's only, and it's always only them in the work clothes. Like all their aides and shit are still in their office clothes. Yeah. It's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was wild. With when, the clean when I was up there. Ever. Yeah. When I was up there at one point, we were on this massive well site. They had like, they were fracking everything. And, um, Dude, there was like the way they set up fracking is they don't want you to see anything because they don't want you to see their mixtures and shit. So they like have all these lines running into these blue cargo containers and then you just see the pumps that are injecting it down and it's just loud as fuck and they're stacked deep. And at one point this like VIP came out and he was just like this old fat guy. And one of the guys that worked for me, he's like, that's fucking Dick Cheney. I'm like, I, maybe, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know. But he came over and he was just like, oh, yeah, good work, guys. Fucking lineman. Bringing power to the people or some bullshit like that. And the guy told me it was Dick Cheney. I don't know. I don't remember. At that point, I wouldn't have been able to pick out Dick Cheney anyways. So. Yeah. Is, isn't he the one that shot a dude hunting? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then the dude apologized to him. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't have been standing <laughs> there. My bad. Yeah. It was something like that. It was I, I'm sorry for the hardship that I put upon you and your family for being stupid while we were hunting. <laughs> oh, one one thing uh, on the uh, Al Gore video I found mm -hmm. kind of hilarious is uh, he says uh, you know getting our collective act together uh, could be the engine Power. to to mm. drive uh, greener solutions. I'm like, hmm, mm. poor word mm, choice, engine. but interesting. <laughs> Yeah, how about the drive train? The, yeah. The drive train <laughs> for the electric motor. Uh, it's like they, they call them electric dirt bikes, but are they dirt bikes? Dirt bike yeah. has a motor, a drive train, and gears, and transmission. Mm -hmm. It's closer to a scooter than a dirt bike. Yeah. You know, technicalities. <laughs> Anyways, I've got, so I've got these clips now. These, this is interesting. So... We've got this old guy here. He's going to come on and tell us a bit about fucking climate change. And uh, he's a Nobel laureate in quantum physics. So he kind of came into quantum physics and noticed some major shit happening that was wrong. Some things that people missed. So that's kind of what he's good at. And now he's old and retired. Dude, he's so fucking old that like this interview was painful to listen to. So I had to turn him up to like one and a half speed. Otherwise, huh. we'd be all, here all day just listening to, like, three clips of this fucking guy. So I got him cranked up to 11. But, uh, yeah, he dug into climate change. And let's uh, hear what he found out. The IPCC has 40 different computer models, all of which are making predictions, and all of which are being quoted by the press as predicting a, a climate crisis apocalypse. The problem is they all are in total disagreement, violent disagreement with each other in their predictions. What? And not one of them is capable of predicting uh, retroactively 
of predict, uh, explaining the history of the Earth's uh, climate for the last hundred years. Wait a minute. I thought like 99% of climate scientists were all on the same page, right? Yeah, that's what they lead you to believe. Isn't it an amazing? It's like, hey, look, this computer model is going to tell the future. And you got to listen to it. And you got to spend trillions of dollars and change society completely. Otherwise, you're going to get a billion immigrants in your country. Because this, you know, this monster of climate change, so trust the computer. You know, this these computer models, a lot of them come out of uh, the Imperial College of London, which is the same place that did the models for COVID that led them mm. to believe that we needed lockdowns, that it was going to be however deadly, you know, and it turned out to be completely fucking wrong. Same computers, same school, huh. same fucking bullshit models. Jeez. The first thing, the first time that I knew that we were in trouble was when, like, in the beginning, I was a little nervous about it. Like, Skylar School was going to close down, and they were like, oh, they're going to have a meeting about it. And I was like, don't go to that fucking meeting. Are you going to go sit in an auditorium full of 500 people so they can tell you that they're going to close down the school? That's fucking stupid. Yeah. Right? <laughs> but then <laughs> they started putting out, like, it's going to kill this many people and it's going to spread like wildfire and blah, blah, blah. And then the models at the bottom, it said Imperial College of London. And I went, oh, no, because I just read a book on climate change that was saying the same thing. I was like, oh, no, these are all wrong. This yeah. is all wrong. Like, this <laughs> is going to go bad quick. And that was the first thing that I knew. I was like, oh, if you fuck up the underlying issue, like the whole predication is on one fucking model that came to one conclusion, but if that conclusion is just a little bit false, everything else is going to screw up. Yeah. <laughs> just like that part, just like that part in that dirt bike, you know, mm -hmm. you break, you kick that thing. The little kid doesn't notice that the, it gets all, you know, the Kickstarter gets all fucked up. That piece breaks off. It gets sucked into the motor, ground up into the transmission or, you know, sucked up into the crank, and pretty soon your whole motor's locked up. Yep. <laughs> it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Anyways. You know what's funny, too, is, like, I'll, I'll, I'll make this point after this video. Let's uh, hear what else you found out. I believe I have the missing piece of the puzzle, if you will, that has been left out in virtually all of these computer programs, and that is the effect of clouds. Oh. The 2003 National Academy report uh, totally uh, admitted that they didn't understand it, and they made a whole series of mistake, uh, mistaken statements uh, regarding the effects of clouds. If you look at Al Gore's movie, he insists on talking about a cloud-free Earth. Wait a the only way he can the best. do this, he generates one for the mosaic of photos each one taken on a cloudless day for covering the whole Earth. That's a totally artificial Earth, and is it a totally artificial case for using a model? And this is pretty much what the IPCC and, and others use, is a, a cloud-free Earth. If you look at pictures uh, of the Earth in visible light, i.e. real sunlight, which is sunlight is the stuff that heats the Earth, uh, the... Infrared re-radiation is the stuff that, that cools the Earth. And it's the balance between these two that controls uh, the Earth's temperature. And the important piece of the puzzle that has been left out is trying to do this all with a cloud-free Earth 
when the real earth is shrouded in clouds. I have some pictures, I don't know if you can uh, show them, of satellite pictures of the earth. These are all freely available on NASA's website. <laughs> and they show cloud cover variations anywhere from 5 to 95%. Typically, the Earth is shrouded in clouds uh, at least between a third of its uh, area to two-thirds of its area. And, this, and this, it fluctuates. The cloud cover fraction fluctuates uh, quite dramatically on daily, weekly time scales. We call this weather. <laughs> <laughs> How fucking nuts is that, dude? I, I had no idea that that's what they did. No wonder they're saying the Earth is going to be a fucking uninhabitable desert. And yeah. all the idiots who just buy what they say, they don't know this. They don't actually dig into these studies. Like, no wonder they think everything's dying. They made a model of a desert planet. Of They did Dune. Yeah. They made fucking Dune. They go, oh, yeah, of course, it's gonna. there's going to be sandworms. Yeah, without <laughs> any clouds, right? It's going to think that there's not going to yeah. be any rain and then... There's not going to be any cover for the sun is just going to be baking everything all the time because yeah. there's no shadows. Like, <laughs> like just think about, so when the big eclipse went over, it, it went essentially right over my backyard, the great American eclipse, whatever it was a couple of years ago, it, it within a few seconds, it got completely dark around here and the temperature dropped like 30 degrees and the wind just went like crazy for 20 minutes or so. That's just for a few minutes of shade. Like imagine if there was no shade at all, it would yeah. just be, it would be Dune. So that's wild. Like, Hey, look, we can't figure out this cloud thing. So, uh, you know, if, if we put them in, we're, we're not getting the conclusions that we would like to be getting. So, you know, let's just make it a desert planet and lie to everybody. That's way better. We can get money that way. Yeah. Uh, you got to wonder. A trillion wonder. here, a trillion there. That <laughs> adds up to a lot of money. Oh, wait. There. Oh, there it went. <laughs> I had it turned down. Then you got you to gotta wonder if uh, whoever built the model just is that stupid of a scientist or if they inputted that data into the computer. These people aren't intentionally. Stupid. Yeah. Go, hey. <laughs> We need to get a better, a lot of science, usually it's like, hey, let's find, here's a problem, let's collect the data, do the research, and see where the conclusion leads us to. Now, a lot of science is, this is the conclusion we need to get a lot of money. Now, let's make an experiment that goes backwards to prove our already dubious conclusions. And that's, you know, how it goes. Hey, we want to do a study on cyborgs we want to make a brain computer interface so we can make super soldiers that can kill immigrants that you know on the border and and not get tired not have to sleep and not even care about it we can make it look like they're killing monsters instead you remember that black mirror episode where they were shooting immigrants and it was actually they oh. were like projected <laughs> as monsters yeah you yeah. know what i mean so yeah. so we want to make something that can do that let's call it revolutionizing prosthetics so we'll make a prosthetic arm to hook to the computer interface, and then we'll be able to test that whole system. It has That has nothing to do with creating a better prosthetic for somebody like me. Those prosthetics still haven't made it into the market, and this was in 2012 when they did this study. 
That study was about making a super soldier, a cyborg, a killing machine. And they <laughs> packaged it in, we're helping people with disabilities. That's how sick these fucking people are. So don't even think for a second that this any of this shit is done by accident. That sounds like uh, kind of the the selling points of the Neuralink. Oh, if you yeah. have a spinal injury, you'll be able to walk again. Mm -hmm. hmm. It has nothing to do with collecting your data at yeah. at the at the neural level. Do you, you think? Know, Elon, do you we'll, think we'll Elon's make you? We'll we'll give you an opt out for that. <laughs> yeah. Do you uh, do you think Elon's got a a chip in his brain already? It's possible. I said that the first time I went on to Sam, and that was the most controversial thing I said. Everybody, people were telling me I was an idiot. And then like five years later, he said on Joe Rogan in an interview, he was like, I could have one right now. You would never know. I was like, <laughs> see? Like, I, I don't know if he does. Like, he probably, he says he doesn't. He probably doesn't. But like, there's a very real possibility that he does. Hmm. You know? I said that nuclear bombs were real on his show, and the, and the Neuralink was the most controversial thing I said. <laughs> it's this fluctuation. <laughs> you never know, right? Yeah. It's just, it is what it is. So something piqued my, my interest when, so when they were showing, you know, here's the satellite photos of, the, of what the clouds actually look like. I had watched a video about, like, the moon landing or something like that a couple weeks ago that uh, kind of touched on this a little bit. So here it is. Uh, does alter images. In fact, they alter every. He said in the beginning, I guess I, my, my cut was bad. He said NASA does alter images. Image they released to the public. And now Chris Martinez is introducing us to two of the artists behind some of the most iconic space art in the galaxy. NASA says this is to make the images easier to understand or to make them more visually appealing. Yeah, even NASA uses filters on her Insta. They do. Now, I don't like that NASA has artists on staff to Photoshop images, but I understand that some photos have to be adjusted to make them more digestible to the public. Hmm. But there are some really what? weird NASA Photoshops. Here's the famous photo of the Earth taken from Apollo 17. It's one of the pictures and here's a 3D saw. model of the Earth released by Google and the US Navy. The model is supposed to be mathematically perfect, but the land masses don't line up, like not even close. Here are examples of NASA copy-pasting clouds on a picture of the Earth. The copy-paste technique has been used on Mars images too. These are from the Curiosity rover. Now, maybe there are good reasons for faking these images, though I can't think of any. But if you fake one image, we can't trust any of them. So when you see this picture of Mars, people say this looks exactly like Devon Island, the uninhabited island in Canada where NASA trains crew members and tests its rovers. <coughs> I don't really know what the point of showing that video was, except just to, don't trust anything you see. You just can't trust anything. You know, like another thing I learned in that video was like, you know how you've seen pictures of Mars and everything looks red, like the sky is red and everything like that? Well, that was all just a psyop to make you think it was the red planet. It yeah. looked like fucking, uh, what was that movie that Arnold Schwarzenegger was in? Um, oh, uh, oh, Total Recall. Total Recall. Yeah. Total Recall. So, but that's not what it actually looked like. It has like a blue sky and now they just show it as is and they don't, but nobody mentions that they faked all those photos for so long 
and showed a different color sky. And why are they having to crop more clouds in? It, why are, it just why doesn't are they make ha- a lot of sense, right? Not at all. Why are they uh, copy-pasting terrain of Mars unless, like, they were trying to, you know, hide something that's in the fucking yeah. photo? I mean, what? I'm going to get this guy on. I need to send him an email. Have you heard the theory that there was a massive nuclear bomb that went off on Mars? I think I think I might have. I'd have to hear again, so but there's like evidence that there was some sort of nuclear event on Mars, and and there's a lot of people that say that this was like a massive. The the guy that I'm thinking of, he his theory is that there was an alien civilization there at one point that were like Egyptian level technology. So he thinks there's pyramids, the face is real, all that type of shit. And he says that some dickhead aliens just came along and dropped a nuke on them the size of the Empire State Building. <laughs> Jeez. It's a cool fucking story. <laughs> yeah. You know, who fucking knows? But that would be that would be what you would be hiding, right? If if yeah. that's really going on, you would be hiding whatever the, in that same video he was showing where they like crop in rocks where you can see the same rock in different mm-hmm. places. It's like, what do you what is that for? What's the point? It's of just it? so weird. And, yeah, and he says to, to make it make it more digestible. Digestible. Like, <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. No. Sounds like uh, sounds like when you meet up with a with a tender match and you get fucking catfished. Use your old photo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You put your old photo on Tinder when I had two arms still. <laughs> yeah, that was me. <laughs> The old bait and switch. <laughs> All right, let's go back to this old man. It's two competing clouds. Okay, so the, the power loss is like 104 oh. watts per square meter. Sorry, let me preface this. So he's going to he's gonna tell us the difference between like uh, the power clouds and the power CO2. Oh, we now have these two competing clouds. Okay, so the, the power loss is like 104 watts per square meter when we only have a third cloud cover. And 208 watts per square meter of surface area of the Earth when we have a very low cloud cover. So the difference between those is the order of 104 watts per square meter of surface area. That needs to be compared with this minuscule half a watt per square meter of surface area that CO2 contributes. So the power in this thermostat, in terms of what they refer to as radiative forcing, so these are the how many watts per square meter of surface area uh, are, are involved, is 200 times more powerful than the effect of CO2, and also methane, by the way. So I then uh, assert that this is so powerful. I mean, it's like you have a, your house has a huge furnace with a very uh, accurate thermostat controlling the, uh, uh, its temperature, and somebody leaves a minor, uh, small bathroom window, and there's a small heat leak, uh, would you, the rest of the house, notice a change in temperature? None of your thermostat is working very well. This is clearly the most important, the controlling uh, mechanism for the Earth's temperature and, and climate, and it dwarfs the effect of CO2 and methane. All the government programs that are designed to uh, limit CO2 and methane should be immediately uh, dropped. We're spending trillions of dollars on this, and it's sort of like Everett Dirksen's oh. famous line, you know, a trillion here, a trillion there, uh, and pretty soon you're, you're talking real money. 
I, I used his line too early. I thought he had said it already. But yeah, he's fucking right. A trillion here, a trillion there. Isn't that crazy? That's the difference between a 10 horsepower engine and a 2,000 horsepower engine. Hmm. It's like, hey, you got to be really terrified of this lawnmower, but this fucking drag racer over here, don't worry about it. It's fine. We can't really account for that thing over there. But but this, this lawnmower, man, this lawnmower is really going to fucking destroy your lawn if you're not careful and then and you're gonna have an immigrant living in it and who wants that definitely not us we don't want that at all right (laughs) 200 times that's fucking nuts i it's wild too and and you know what they'll do with this guy nobody will listen to him and if he ever went on like a big show like you know Pierce Morgan. Let's say Pierce Morgan. He's been having some interesting people on. And he made some noise going on Pierce Morgan or 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 Bill Maher. That's 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 another one. Maybe he goes on Bill Maher. The left would just wave him off. They go, oh yeah, well, he's not a climatologist. Kind of like they do with like um like they did with uh what's his name? The heart surgeon that went on Rogan a bunch of times. Peter McCullough. Pete, yeah. Peter McCullough's like, oh, this and that and blah 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 blah. And they're like, Yeah, well, he's not a fucking epidemiologist. So yeah. you can't really listen to him. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. I don't know. It's I know I make this point a lot, but I'm gonna keep making it. I don't know what they're going to do. When 10, 15 years down the road, even let's say that Trump gets in now and then we have eight years of Vivek Ramaswamy, that'd be great for them because they can rally against these evil, evil capitalists that are destroying the planet with fossil fuels and blah, 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 blah. But at some point, even if that did happen, which I don't think it will, I do think Trump's going to get reelected this time. I think he's going to beat all the legal shit and he's going to get in there. But I don't think we're going to see like eight years of Ron DeSantis after that. And, or, you know, eight years of Vivek, like, it's just, it never works out that way. There's always ebbs and flows and things swing. And I think at some point there, we're going to get another big block of Democrats. Maybe you'll have some cool actor or actress or gay person or some fucking, non-binary trans fairy who identifies as Cupid will get in there for eight years. And after that person's in there for eight years and vice president Zenu from planet fucking Zip-dee-doo has been in there for eight years after that. And things are still happening every year. They go, we've we're pumping more fossil fuels this year than ever before. It's like, yeah, that's how civilization works. It grows. It needs yeah. more energy. It's always going to need more energy. That's just how civilization works. And, you know, it's going to keep working out that way. And I don't know what these fucking crazy Gen Z and crazy millennials are going to do when none of their heroes save the planet for them. Even after eight years of Greta Thunberg as viceroy of the UN, nothing fucking changes. They're going to lose their minds. Yeah, but that's the whole uh, distraction game, right? Like, they get you fired up about this, and then all of a sudden, you know, 9-11 part two happens, (laughs) and... Then everybody yeah, gets right? fired up. They they and then you know everybody's 
all about the the war effort and then we gotta you know we gotta take care of that so nobody cares about how much oil we're pumping and actually we're pumping more and then people are working because there's contracts right mm-hmm. and you know these people in charge are disgusting they're gonna do everything they possibly can to relegate us to a slave class like old school yeah. fucking you know kings and fiefdoms where you're just a, a, a slave to your fucking Lord. You can yeah. work the land, but it's not your land, you know, shit like that. Well, it already kind of feels nuts. that way. Yeah. And they look at us like we're fucking terrorists. And if you don't believe me, let's go to Megan McCain on Michael Malice's show. I think that the January six people should be treated like domestic terrorists because I, I found it an act of domestic terrorism and I found it abhorrent. I was, I live right outside of Washington, D.C. in Virginia, and I was here when it happened, and I was still working at ABC, so I was driving in and out, and I can remember the morning that I drove in there just seeing a lot of people with, like, you know, MAGA flags <gasps> and trucks and, like, just cars you don't normally see in the Beltway, okay. and just feeling uneasy. Like, I can remember telling my boss, like, it, the energy just feels weird here. <gasps> I still think it's hideous. It's I think take it's a, a domestic terror attack. Do I think they should be in Gitmo? No. I tend to sometimes, I don't know if you notice about me to be a little dramatic and uh, hubristic sometimes, but I don't think that, um, I think they should be in jail. I think they should be in like, you know, American jail. Um, and I don't That's think they should, jail. you know, be allowed to have, you know, like rights of any kind when they get out, because I think it's yeah, a very like severe attack and it scared jail. the shit out of me when it was happening. My sister-in-law was, her office got all messed up because she's oh. a, a <laughs> advisor to Kevin oh. McCarthy. Now she works for... Uh, Mike Johnson. Um, but you know, her office got all messed up. She oh. was really scared. I have oh. friends who work up there that were like barricading themselves in their office. Like it was very serious. Uh, do you disagree with me? I, I think it's a good thing if politicians are scared of Americans. Um, and <laughs> I think also when, if you haven't like, if you, what's that? Do you think they should be storming the Capitol though? Well, I can't say what I think they should be doing, but the idea like on, on air. <laughs> Go malice, dude. Yeah. Oh, my God. They were driving around with Trump <clears throat> flags and honking their horns, and my, my friend's office got messed up. Throw them in jail forever. Uh, didn't she admit that she was she was there at the insurrection, so shouldn't she be charged also? No, I don't think she was. Megan McCain? I thought, well, I thought she said <clears throat> in that video that, she was like, I was there. She when? was in, she was in DC, oh. but you know, she's on the right side. She's part of the fucking, she's part of the team. You know, she was there saying how disgusting and terrible it was. And oh my God, they, they were driving around and it was so scary. That's the way they think of us like monsters, like Vikings, like animals, less than human. These people are so disgusting. They are terrorists. We cannot have them around us. Look, we live in Washington, D.C., where we are civilized. These people out in the country are animals. We cannot coexist with them. The only thing they understand is force and the boot. And that's why we got to put the boot on their neck. And that's a good point. I didn't think about that Gitmo. An American, like Gitmo's not an American jail, you fucking disgusting pig. (laughs) Your sister did. Your sister made headlines at Gitmo at one point, right? She did some some investigative work. What happened there? Uh, it's been a long time. Uh, 
Yeah, it was. Um, I, I can't even. I wouldn't even be able to cite the article, but uh, something like she overheard some guards bragging about, you know, abusing some uh, prisoners, and she kind of went to you know went to her higher ups or whatever and had to do the old. Uh, and uh, this is what I remember. I, I could be fucking it up a little bit. That's but, how I you know, remember it. Something like she, uh, you know, they were trying to get her to shut the fuck up, and she. Yeah, I was going to ask. Did she? Yeah. Did she get some serious repercussions for that? I know. I know there was a period of time where there was, you know, uh, investigating what happened, all that stuff, probably raking her over the coals as well. So. Uh, it essentially if, ended her career in the military, right? Like, oh no, not not at that. Not, no? not at all. Yeah, I thought she, she kind of and got out after that. That was oh, relatively okay. early. She only just officially retired. I think maybe like three, two, three years ago, something like oh, that. Okay, she was in way longer than I thought. Then I thought oh, yeah. she got out relatively early. Nope. Okay. Well. Yeah, and like it wasn't. It, it did make some. I I don't remember what. I don't know if it was on Fo- fucking Fox News or whatever, but you know it made some national news report thing. No, no big yeah story, but little blip. Yeah, I remember when it happened, but I don't remember any of the fucking details of it. Yeah, Let's yeah, like I, I said, that was else. that was pretty much the gist of it. Yeah, that's what I thought. I don't know if I've got anything else. I'm sure, like as soon as. We get off the fucking, well, I guess we could talk some Bitcoin for a minute. I'm going to put together an episode for next week where we're going to go through fucking modern monetary theory and fucking Bitcoin and all kinds of shit. There, I just heard on the, on a, a podcast earlier that the Fed's already said that they're going to start dropping interest rates in 2024 because obviously there's an election coming up and we got to be able to say that Papa Joe's you in the economy right yep. you know so we need to get you into some fucking bitcoin before it gets out of control i read something earlier today that said that we could see a correction down to 30k which would be a good buy-in spot i'd like to get some more at this point but my money's yeah. all fucking tied up in bonds and shit so <laughs> i don't know if i can buy anymore right now yeah I, i'm in, in like fucking three month bonds that are i don't remember what they're i think they're like five percent or something like that Right I'm all tied up in bonds and gold and silver and all kinds of fucking shit. Right on. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I keep saying it. I know we've talked about it a little bit, but I think uh, I think I definitely de- need to get set up at least and ready to start investing. You know, even if just a just a little bit, little yeah. bit of each paycheck. Dollar cost average. Yeah. yeah, dollar cost average. You just put in a little bit. When I was dollar cost averaging before I before I uh, like got a settlement, I was just putting in what I could every month. I would wait for like a red candle day because you don't want to really get in too heavy, but it doesn't really matter. Like that tends to be the best investment strategy unless you've got like a big chunk of money sitting around yeah. and you want to take a little bit or however much and put it in. But it's getting fucking crazy, man. That I, I just had a, a guy on earlier. This week, I haven't put the episode out yet because I got busy over the weekend and didn't have time to do the, the production, but he's an, he's an economist, Austrian economist, and the crash is still coming. You know, it's been a slow roll, and they've been able to 
limp us along, but we're going to go back to low interest rates and QE and Trump ain't going to change a goddamn thing. Like this inflation is here to stay. When they say right now that inflation's coming down, that's bullshit. All it, all that really means is it's not going up as fast. Like inflation has not came down for the dollar in a hundred years and it's not going to, it's just going to keep going and keep going. And you know, at some point it's, it's going to happen. Javier Malay, I don't know if you're familiar with him. He's the guy with the fucking chainsaw. He's a uh, <laughs> he's a libertarian anarcho-capitalist like myself, and he just got voted in as the president of Argentina. And oh, he ran yeah. on like we're gonna cut yeah we're gonna cut all these government agencies. We're gonna put all these people out of work. We're we're going to the U.S. dollar. We're getting rid of our central bank. And like right away in the first one of his first speeches, he was like, "All right, people." I wasn't fucking around. Like, get ready for some pain because it's going to get bad. It's going to get real fucking bad and then it's going to get better. And once it gets better, things are going to go to the fucking moon. But until then, get ready for some fucking pain. But these people are already in pain. It's yeah. They're 150% inflation. This has been 100 years of socialism in this country since the Nazis got there. What? What? Uh, <sighs> Ozzy going nuts. I couldn't remember that. What the one of the headlines I saw when he got elected, and he was he did he like praise Trump or something like that? I can't remember. Yeah, they were comparing him to Trump, which is so dumb. But the only way they're like their comparison is like rhetoric and yeah. inflammatory speeches. Like none of the stuff they were saying was the same. Like there was a little bit overlap in populist messaging, but for the most part, like. They were saying completely different things. They're not even close to the same guy. Like, Trump is just a fucking crony businessman from Long Island or wherever the fuck he's from. And Javier Malay is an Austrian economist. Like, he's a he's the first libertarian head of state in history, which is a very big fucking deal. And he's taking over a country that was the powerhouse of South America for 200 years. It's got some of the best architecture in the world, and it's just gone to shit through 100 years of socialism. So if, if this works out and the CIA doesn't fucking murder him, like <laughs> it could be one of the greatest turnarounds. And, and just like a starting point, like, hey, look, this stuff actually works. If you do it the right way and you, you're smart about it and you don't just destroy everything right away like i'm sure i don't know in a situation like that he's probably just gonna blow everything up but in this country like we could still make a turnaround if yeah. we put somebody like if you see i think they get um i think it's eight year terms in argentina so he's got a while to to make some shit happen and i'm it'd be so rad if other countries would just look at that and be like, wow, look at the turnaround these people were able to make just through capitalism. They got rid of all of this bullshit, all of these people who have been lazy and unable to work for their entire lives are now able to get good paying jobs instead of sitting at home on government fucking wages and watching everything get more expensive and more expensive every day. But, you know, people don't think that can happen here. But it happens fast, man. It happens yeah. fucking fast. My financial guy does like webinars every couple of weeks. And we were looking at Weimar Germany and Zimbabwe the other day. And it's like, dude, it go when it goes, it goes. 
and everything just goes to shit. There was a story about this fucking guy who like took his pension out in Weimar, Germany. It was like, I don't remember how much. It was the equivalent of a couple million dollars in today's money. By the time he was able to cash the check, the fucking paper of the check was worth more than the money printed on it. <laughs> it was just gone. Fuck. And everything went to shit. World War One, World War Two, central banking in the United States, central banking across the planet. It's a nightmare. Hmm. But Bitcoin could be a good escape route for you. Yeah. I'm glad I got in when I did. So far, I'm doing very well. Uh, it was a small, it was like not a small portion of my portfolio when it started, but it's almost 50% of my portfolio now within just a couple months. And even yeah. if we have a correction, I'm still going to be looking good. Yeah. So we'll get you back. We'll get you on track one of these days. <laughs> everybody, as Max Kaiser says, everybody gets the price they deserve. All right. <laughs> Have a good one. Subscribe to our fucking YouTube channel. <laughs> Don't be an asshole. Good night. Don't be an asshole.